0: and uh, welcome to one of our series on justice and uh, today uh, we've got a couple of lawyers myself uh, who I've been practicing for 20 odd years uh, and uh, Jakob Kotan who does wills and probate.
1: You have just heard from Vinay Tanna, and I'm Jakob Kotan. We both solicitors at Ghana and Hancock solicitors and this is Conversation Justice.
0: Uh, thank you, Jakob. So uh, we want to talk about justice, and particularly justice uh, relating to the recent COVID pandemic. Uh, uh, we both have experience of courts and the justice system, um, and I certainly want to talk about what's been happening in the courts with regard to family matters, with
1: litigation, uh, and you want to talk about uh, Um, Yeah, about my area, which would be probate matters and how what we've we've noticed, Vinay and I, and we've been chatting about it, is that much of the stuff in in the last two years, since the beginning of the pandemic, has moved from courtrooms and various paperwork exercises lawyers need to go through to online. And that applies to all areas of law. And some of them are quite handy. in my area, being private client solicitor, it's easier to get stuff out to to the authorities by making online submissions. And in fact, it's cheaper for clients. But other things like court hearings, we've just spoken about, it may sound quite easy just to log into a Zoom uh, video, Zoom link with your client, everyone in their slippers at home, with a cup of tea, all nice and easy, but it's not, is it? Because we, we talked about it being just now. So we we found that a lot of people um, are hesitant in uh, in
0: video conferencing. Firstly, I think it's that personal nature of law. Uh, secondly, that court hearings uh, are remote. In fact, remote in two ways. One, well, remote obviously by video conference, but also remote because you're not physically in the court, and you feel a sense that that court presence helps with a lot of things. And we've noticed over the period of the last couple of years that uh, even things like settlement rates uh, have dropped. And I I don't know if you feel the same, but just that sense that clients don't feel that they can uh, approach the courts in the same way, in the same dramatic way. But also, however, there's been an efficiency... Uh, with traveling times, lessons for lawyers, which of course saves costs, uh, and of course the enormous expense uh, of uh, turning up to court, waiting around, mm. uh, having cases uh, delayed, all of that
1: is now gone. I know. To a but then the good thing is, when you, what you mentioned, the settlement rates, matrimonial matters in particular, once you remove the human contact and you, you put in a court setup for hours where you inevitably need to talk to the other side and try to work something out, you remove it by moving everything online, then the settlement rates go down. We, so we that's had, actually work. We, we, we,
0: we had a case where uh, a case was just perfect for settlement and uh, we had a remote hearing before the judge, the judge. Uh, gave his indications as to what he thought about the case, asked us to to go away. Uh, And, of course, in normal circumstances, we would just huddle up into our individual rooms within the court, come together and speak directly uh, to try and hammer hammer out all the the details. But, of course, what actually happened was that uh, the barristers and solicitors were toing and froing, but the clients were very distinct, distinct, and, mm. and remote from the actual process and unfortunately it didn't settle and so this is an example in fact the rates um have, uh, have have dwindled so so much that actually this is causing another nuisance to the court which is having to list more hearings because of, of failure to settle so you've yeah. got you've got <clears throat> this additional pressure of the rules uh, not only that, of course, as you know, you, you must have experienced this. Just the general delays of processing papers. Oh yeah. Uh, what's the, what's oh, that's
1: what's that's your what's your experience of, of just general de- delays? Before I was just going to mention because I just I just, <clears I> just thought about something. Um, and Binay being a very experienced litigator, you did it for several decades. Mm-hmm. Um, or oh, you have done it? Are you <laughs> you stopped doing it? <laughs> The, there may be cases, like we mentioned, matrimonial, where it, is, it seems slightly inappropriate and it appears to be quite streamlined and easy to do, but in terms of achieving results, that's not the right tool, perhaps, doing, having hearings online. But other cases, when you've got commercial disputes, perhaps, contractual disputes, it may be quite welcome by both sides. Because they'll reduce costs, get a result, and just move on. So maybe we need to move into um, into a, a thinking of the reform of justice, where we allocate certain cases in the future, which go through online, and others will just go through normal hearings, as we were used to, where you go to a courtroom. Maybe, it's, I'm just thinking out loud, <laughs> unless somebody has thought about it before, and I just don't know. A lot of the um, the uh, advancements in technology, especially
0: with the courts, because the courts had to catch up very quickly with the pandemic, um, actually has led to uh, a lot of efficiencies. So you're right; there are certain cases, uh, especially uh, things like small claims under fifteen thousand um, pounds, certain types of cases where it's just a standalone hearing can be dealt with. But as you as you know that. Certain hearings just simply cannot be dealt with on in, uh, without being in person. Criminal cases all have to be dealt with in person. Uh, that you cannot dispense with. Yes, you have video links with uh, with with, uh, with prisoners and, and and perpetrators, but actually, when you come to uh, deal with sort of juries and, and even judge judge alone hearings, you have to be in mm. in person. The other thing I've noticed with with those sort of hearings is that again you have this notion that the, because you've, you're online, it, it can be dealt with swiftly. And I, I sometimes think there is an inherent issues such as papers, because they usually are filed online, right. and, and it's very difficult for parties, particularly if they're going to produce, if they lay people, they're going to produce late documents, how that's going to go yeah. to the judge. So actually, in, in practicality, sometimes litigants in person who, you know, would be perfectly, it sounds sensible to have them deal with the hearings in their living rooms, actually it can be an impractical Mm. situation. So um,
1: I've noticed that more and more. Based on what you've just been talking about, even if you move the remote contact with people we are now facing and dealing with every day to clients, and how effectively able able to help certain people, in most cases, in 85% of cases we deal with, uh, Zoom or other video calls are perfectly fine. But it's the 15, 20% of cases where it is not fine. When in my area, you may have capacity issues. Some of my, many of my clients are elderly. And some people actually don't trust me enough just seeing my face on a Zoom link, and they want to see me in person, and that's perfectly fine. I think it's just it's normal. I think we, you, mean, you,
0: you also there is also a tendency that we are, we're expecting people to be te- technically savvy. We're also expecting people to be able to uh, present themselves within this medium, uh, this two-dimensional medium. And and with uh, just to give an example of taking a witness statement or proof, uh, sometimes actually being present with someone, you remember you're extracting a story from mm. them and it's very difficult when you're doing something online to be able to really get the flavour of a particular answer and to see their reactions mm. and to be able to react to those reactions. Also, I, I have to say that there is also an element of, of hesitation, uh, particularly if, if usually we record it. There is this sense of, you know, you are effectively being being broadcast. Uh, and then the, the the other the other point mm. is really you know disabilities. Sometimes it's very difficult to recognise some the the problems that people have, yeah. and to be able to then uh, adjust to those problems uh, in, in in a Zoom meeting. So I I I feel that that, that can actually be problematic.
1: Yeah, and people about our clients, they pay us the same amount of money whether we do it in person or when if we see them um, remotely just for the hour. But I think sometimes seeing somebody in person means exactly what you said. You can give a, a slightly more effective advice just because you know that there's something behind the story. There's some feeling you have. And I'm sure we'll go back to personal meetings and have a combination of, of, of both. I think the, you're the, absolutely right. The,
0: the profession we're in is you know is based on trust. And to develop trust, particularly in, uh, when you uh, start off uh, instructing our, us or any lawyers, is the ability to connect with that mm. person. And I think there is a there is a certain element of a barrier of having having a remote first meeting. And a lot of clients uh, really want to uh, come in and, and actually see the whites of our eyes. And I think there's yeah. a lot too, this whole element of building trust, I think, also on a, on a sort of long term picture. Um, certainly follow up meetings and meetings which are used mm. for specific purposes that's fine, but I, I, I'm, I encourage certainly our staff to have that initial meeting obviously, subject to the guidelines, the other guidelines. But yes, we, yeah, we, we
1: do like that. There's something <laughs> to be said about that, right? and um, you, you said you mentioned the word trust. It's so important. I've just, just been thinking: when I go to a doctor, when people go to a doctor, how much of the truth you actually tell the doctor? There's always something you hold back on a little. You know, it's it's the dark side of you, and at least I, I do. Maybe other people don't, but I, you don't disclose everything unless you you're completely convinced that the person. <clears throat> It, it, you're dealing with the person you can trust. And I think that's, that is the, the, the element we could easily miss mm-hmm. by just having a remote meetings. That is the trust we build. And if we build this trust, then we're likely to hear a lot deeper truth from our clients. Mm-hmm. And that's why those personal meetings are quite important. I also find that a lot of the
0: <clears throat> elements of law Relate back to three things. The first is uh, the we talk about trust, but also the, the connection that you have with your lawyer. Uh, the second is to be able to be able to tell the lawyer everything you need oh. to tell the lawyer. And thirdly, is to have an ongoing relationship that will effectively fulfil the transaction or complete the case. And those, all of those elements, technology has a place. Yeah, I don't think it's. A, I don't think it displaces. Uh, and the court system is a good example of where it's certainly not looking to displace uh, personal hearings. What I think it's going to do is to add value uh, to what they have and the difficulties. And the difficulties are obvious, manpower, and uh, and the most important thing is to do justice. And we come yeah. back now to the
1: subject that we were talking about, which is justice and being able to achieve achieve that. And I think that I think we've been acting in the past few years as if, oh, perfect. We are now on Zoom. We can, we can replace human contact. And it's not quite the case. It appeared to be a really sexy solution to start with. And we, mm-hmm. we've been chatting for 10 minutes, just saying that it really is not going to work in all cases. So but, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to just end by saying that, that
0: in the end, I think that certainly necessity has brought us here in terms of both technology and and, uh, and the ability to, to 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 deal with these things remotely. But I think that in the end, we have to not forget the, the whole point of the, the purpose of court, which is to achieve fairness and justice. And I think that sometimes uh, we may have to deal with things in an awkward fashion or an impractical fashion of having to go to hearings, but actually that fulfills a certain role that the court um,
1: you, you, before Before we finished altogether, but you, you said delays so there are delays caused by uh, moving stuff online and that's true you you, you mentioned that court dates have not yeah and and, and i and again. i think
0: that the, the the issues we've had particularly with obviously court days being moved but also uh, court staff uh, obviously put under enormous pressure obviously people being away um, oh, has led or, has or had to self-ice absolutely and and, and, to all and say and and of course that has brought an enormous pressure just generally in terms of documents and processing time uh, and even dealing with the day-to-day correspondence. But what I what I do see is an embracing of this technology because
1: I think that that is the way forward. But also, that's that's an interesting thing. If you suddenly make quite an important uh, change to the way you operate. It makes the system slightly clumsy. Mm-hmm. If you've been used to inviting um, parties to the, the courtrooms and then and then seeing them there, and suddenly you move, you have changed the system, of course they are that going to be delayed. We we've 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 had that with probate
0: matters. Yeah. Um So thank you everybody for listening to our little talk about justice and uh,
1: online online justice done online. Sorry, <laughs>